if we're going to have a vote on this, I would like to have a legal, straight, up and down vote. Welcome back to the interview podcast on the Wine Milbank Podcast Network from Milbank, South Dakota. This is Craig Weinberg, uh, and this is a, a late night show. It's not normally what we do, and we're live on Facebook for any of those that are interested. Uh, why not? Um, if you want, you can. Uh, we will try to monitor this chat comment on the the, the video, uh, the original video. If you share this out, there's no guarantees we're going to see those comments, but we will absolutely answer everything we can or try because today, uh, for the fourth time into the uh, podcast studio, uh, State Senator John Wick is with us. John, welcome back in. Thanks again for having me. I always enjoy coming over. Of course. That's fun because you're, uh, you're a willing subject for me to, <laughs> it, it to, just, to beat up and we have fun. It harkens back to the old days <laughs> when I was a... When I built my own studio in my uh, mobile home I lived in in Watertown, South Dakota, and I spent hours and hours and hours trying to figure out how to do all the things you do so very well. Well, it, it helps a little bit to have the digital world. It does. I'll tell you that. I no did reels, this. no carts, no... Well, mine was a very <laughs> first digital, and I was very analog in my learning. Yeah. I mean, I started out at KMSD... I helped install the first CD player Ooh. that ever existed in that building. <laughs> that must have been fun. <laughs> that was interesting. <clears throat> All right. Let's jump um, right in because uh, we talked, well, we talked right around the first of the year. Yeah. Uh, and I said, uh, the legislature season's in, you know, just rolling, come in. And you said, nope, I'm too busy. Like, yes. like a typical jerk, and that's fine. Whatever well, you need to do. I, I was really busy. <laughs> Understandable, whatever. Um, so uh, you now are less busy with that and more busy with other things, but you graciously yes. came here in the normal dead of night. Well, as long as, uh, you know, I've been missing a lot of work for a lot of things, and if I'm able to do my job and, and come over here in an evening, I appreciate you uh, accommodating Oh, me. it's fun. We like it. Absolutely. Um Give us a brief rundown of what happened and some of the things that went down, uh, and then we'll dig. Oh, the into legislature yeah. this year. We did. Uh, we we had a little bit of uh, extra money. Well, actually, a lot of extra money. Uh, one-time funds for you know with the COVID relief, and then we were able to do thing other things with COVID money, and that freed up regular dollars. Um, what we did do. Uh, one of the things I really pushed hard for was the states around us all have an income tax and they have invested a lot of money because they have larger budgets than us in getting broadband spread out into rural areas because I believe that is the common denominator of this world. I mean, it used to be electricity and then it became having a phone, being able to do business, and now it's uh, broadband internet. So... We invested $100 million into grant programs to help uh, rural areas make the dollars work to get broadband internet spread throughout the entire state of South Dakota. And that's not a number we just picked out of thin air. 
There was a uh, study done by Vantage Point Solutions out of Mitchell, and uh, they figured with the most of the costs available as of uh, 2019 and 2020 when they put this together that uh, it would cost roughly $198 million to blanket the state with acceptable, expandable rural Internet coverage. And that is every square inch where people want to live, they're able to get access. And we uh, looked at that and said, well, we'll do 50-50. Then there has to be skin in the game and there, there has to be uh, investment from the providers. And uh, for those who were ready to go, we put uh, the governor moved $25 million of that from uh, COVID dollars because that turned out to be an acceptable use. Uh, so... Uh, 25 million COVID dollars came out this year, and it turns out ITC was ready to go and qualified for one of those grants, and that's why they're spreading fiber uh, through rural Grant County right away, which is something um, I'm very proud to have a little tiny part of that we were able to uh, reach out. And when you see across the state line that they have fiber to every address in Minnesota, North Dakota is also working on it with their oil money. Nebraska is working on it. And we're able to uh, put this together over five years that uh, South Dakota will have uh, Internet available. Because it's not just places like between Millbank and Big Stone or Millbank and LaBolt. It's three miles outside of T. You can't hardly get Internet. Hmm. It's just outside of Mitchell. It, it, there's problems statewide. Um, and it really is one of the factors that's uh, holding us back where... You know, all of the development of these new projects are targeted towards the cities because that's where reliable, dependable Internet typically is. So if we can get some of those to move into our uh, smaller towns, I think it just gives us another option and uh, a, a little bit more level playing field for places like a Millbank or a Clear Lake or a Gary or a Big Stone to uh, have something just outside of town that normally would be looking at a, a Watertown or a Mitchell or a Pier. So with government's funding a lot of this, and yeah, even if you're requiring some dollars I mean, it's back 50, from... It's 50-50. Okay. So does that give the government's say in what goes over those lines? No. No, we, we will not uh, in, inject well, okay. well, ourselves right, in moment, South Dakota. Right, but is this just the door now cracked open to then allow for more of a regulation scenario? That would not be in any of the plans listed in the South Dakota Connect program. Uh, all we want is, uh, all we're asking with this investment is that it remains expandable. And to qualify for one of these grants, you have to provide uh, 100 megabits down, 10 megabits up now. By 2024, you have to at least offer 250 down and 25 up. By 2027, you have to at least be able to offer and deliver 500 down, 50 up. Who set those uh, limits as, as the threshold? We, uh, the, the Governor's Office of Economic Development, worked with the industry and came up with what was, we wanted better than federal standards, mm -hmm. and we wanted um, realistic goals and worked with uh, 
I, I know there was input from a lot of the, the co-ops. There was input from a lot of the industry and a lot of the providers in the towns. And there was, uh, I know Vantage Point Solutions has been incredible to work with. He does a lot of uh, research into what's going to be possible. And uh, I'll tell you, it was very interesting. We, I, My work group inside of the Appropriations Committee was in charge of uh, finding out if this was going to be the right idea. And we interviewed um, people from Starlink. <laughs> you talked to Elon? Well, no, we, we got uh, we got an Elon underling. Mm -hmm. But uh, she demanded that our hearing be off the record because all of their information is very proprietary and ah. not shareable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, they, without giving away any industry secrets, uh, they could not. Uh, commit to South Dakota Connect speeds yet. Well, they are shooting into space. Right. They are shooting so into something there. <laughs> low level space. Yeah. And it was incredible. We saw a Starlink array come over just past sunset. Mm -hmm. And it was phenomenal to watch. I mean, it was like I could see where people would report them as UFOs. There, there seemed to be nine of them in a diagonal row, just some of the fastest things moving across the sky. You could call it. A Starlink satellite if you want to. That's fine. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you whip out your app right. and you say, what is that? Mm -hmm. And if you have the satellite tracker app, it was uh, mm -hmm. it was a Starlink. Yeah. Sure. If you believe everything they tell you, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, the, the broadband was one of the biggest things yeah. I worked on. Obviously, it's an awful lot of taxpayer dollars. We did a tremendous amount of work to make sure that it was going to be well done. And something that, uh, you know, 30, 40 years from now, we can look back and say we made the difference with this one-time money. And, uh, I mean, we did, we, we had a, a significant amount of money to work with. We put uh, $50 million into a trust fund to uh, help. Uh, it's actually in our health care trust fund to uh, help uh, make ends meet through the lean years. We'll have an additional $4 million of revenue based on average returns of that $50 million in the South Dakota Investment Council's holdings, uh, roughly $3.5, $4 million of extra dependable revenue uh, ongoing. Um, and if we ever do need that money for an emergency, it, it takes a three-quarter vote of each uh, body of the legislature to take money out of a trust fund. Gotcha. So... All we right. put it there, and and you know we 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 did uh, a lot of things. So, the people of this great state voted to legalize um, weed. Yeah. Now we, you and I talked about this back before the election, mm -hmm. and you were very much again against it. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um. Okay, a couple things, but in your, for, from you, what are your thoughts on that right now? Well, I believe, as I told you before, the election that the constitutional amendment would be unconstitutional because it was uh, improperly formatted for our Constitution and it would require a convention. It was a major change. It wasn't just an amendment. It added a new section. And by our own constitution, that requires a constitutional convention if you want to add an entire section to our constitution. 
that is the challenge that was issued um, mainly by the governor. And it looks like I would guess from the legal minds that I've talked to, and not all of them are nearly as biased as me. Some of them actually would like to see it happen. <laughs> but uh, I would say that uh, a, there, there would be uh, a pretty good chance that that wins and that Constitutional Amendment A will be thrown out and that I know that's not the end of it. I know it'll come back under some form. And if we're going to have a vote on this, I would like to have a legal, straight, up-and-down vote on what we're going to do. I think the promoters of Constitutional Amendment A commingled it so much with the um, emotional arguments of medical marijuana that you had to have both to make it work that I I do think that that was not marketed um, completely uh, fairly. All right. So here's my other thought process that I go through. Mm-hmm. So Governor Nome has stood on the idea that the South Dakota citizenry are competent and capable of making the right choice. That's true. Across the board, when it's come to all the pandemic response, that's, true. That, that's been her, and, and I will ask her this same question mm-hmm. um, when she comes on. Uh, we, have, we are in contact and we're trying to get that nailed down. And um, I'm helping. Yes, maybe. I'm <laughs> get, trying. Yes, get some things happening. Anyway, um, she stood on that and still does. Yes. That the South Dakota people are smart and can make their own decisions. Except weed. She has promoted that as it's, oh, no, we, we can't let the people choose is how it's Come out, come across to well. The, that's the how the opponents have framed oh, it. Oh no, I've listened to her speak. The whole point is, um, I don't think you can have it both ways. I don't so, think so, she's so looking either, to have it both well, ways. I really have... think um, she and I agree a lot on this. I've had a very, I've had a very great conversation with her when it came to um, her thoughts on this and my thoughts on this, and we. Even though we don't come from a similar beginning to our thoughts on marijuana and drugs in particular, uh, we're we're at the same conclusion that there is very little to be gained by legalizing marijuana. And if you want a good society, if you want a good place to live, raise a family, go to work, and all of the uh, typical cliches that most people would say that I fall into, but there is very little to be added to that. Other than tons of revenue. And tons of cost. Okay, how does it compare to the cost that is incurred due to alcohol? That is heavily regulated and taxed like crazy and is a great generator of funds. It's not. Same with cigarettes. Alcohol is not a great generator of funds because uh, alcohol fills prisons. So does drugs. Okay, so let's ban alcohol. If we can't have weed, we shouldn't be able to have alcohol. I uh, disagree. By the same logic. Well, but isn't it the same logic? It's not the same. But come on, how is it not? 
Because if, if there's no good that comes out of marijuana, and I'm not a smoker, I don't, I'm not going to do it. That's not the point. I think people should have the, the right to choose what they want to do, is, is my perspective. If, if the governor believes that we have uh, the ability, we're smart enough to make our own choices, then we should be smart enough. And I know that there's a federal c- scenario with weed. There, there's a whole which, lot of federal which, scenarios. Which, in my mind, and- changes the game a little bit. Because it's illegal federally, so how, you know where, where's the state's rights position in all this? So right. th- that's part of it. But to say that there's nothing good that comes out of it, there's nothing good that comes out of alcohol consumption. Other than communion on Sunday. Well, most people don't use alcoholic beverage. Oh, we that. still do. Well, of course. I know some do. Yeah. But my point is, I, I don't think that's an argument that stands up. Because then we have to shut down alcohol. Because it's deadly. The abuse of it is deadly. Not anything near what our drug problem is. I'm not talking heroin and meth. I'm talking weed. There is a lot of really well-reasoned arguments, or there are a lot of well-reasoned arguments, that marijuana is the number one gateway drug to those harder drugs. And... There's also arguments against that. There so, are. So I, I think that that's a tough one right now to swallow. That, oh, it's a gateway drug. Maybe it isn't. The same as we've been taught. You know, the war on drugs could arguably be chalked up as a failure. Other than it's now populated prisons. It has populated it's, prisons. I it, mean, it, it's 60... created a huge revenue resource in fines. No, it does not pay for the prisons. I'm not okay. I mean, just in healthcare, sixty-four percent of the women in our women's prison in the state of South Dakota, located in Pier, mm-hmm. are in there because of hard drugs, okay. mainly meth. Okay. In healthcare alone, we're not talking about just the cost of their incarceration. But between our prison system statewide, we're spending $36 million a year mm-hmm. to deal with health care costs because there is no Medicaid and there is no federal assistance for health care for anyone in, involved in the prison system. Mm. So all the people who, who say that this d- tremendous amount of revenue that's going to be showing up ends up if you look at colorado as an example because they everybody says well they figured it out in other states get it done here if you look at colorado and look at the dollars and cents it's not a winning deal when you you look at the people the the increases in unemployment since it became legal the increases in welfare that's been paid out since it's been legal and the increases of people on medicaid and the increases of people that are in prison for other drugs. Right. So I, I, I'm not going to argue that at all because th- that's not, to me, the point right. in any of this. But that's what it comes down to, people. Just just use it to fund schools. There's nothing no, left. That's what the lottery's for. Um, <laughs> the, well, they didn't want that. I, we, can ta- we can do a whole podcast about the history of the lottery and the educational establishment in the state of South Dakota. Um, the, the point, though, with weed in South Dakota, for me, is you can't have freedom. You are free to choose to wear a mask, to social distance, to go out, to stay in, to do whatever. But you can't choose this. 
you, you, you got to be a freedom person or a not freedom person. And I think that's my issue. Well, is I, it's either one or the other. And maybe it's we are for freedom, but it's illegal and we can't figure it out. Say that then. Okay. D- don't say, oh, it's a horrible thing and it's bad. And don't and we can't do it because our kids are going to. You know what? We can't have alcohol. You know how many kids after high school become alcoholics? A percentage. Lots of them. Yes. Yeah. And so what comes of that? People die. All lives get ruined. I'll tell you, all there's a crazy lot happens. because of that. So let, let's a, just say freedom There is an choose. awful lot of pressure to keep the marijuana out of the public mainstream now. Because if once it's out there and we get all of this real world study and say, this is really bad. Mm-hmm. This is really, really bad. Um, you can't pull that genie back out of the public. They tried it with alcohol. Prohibition, exactly. It didn't work. Right. Yeah. So, so then you regulate it. So are we at the point where we just need to regulate it and start taxing it? Well, regulate and tax, that's what's happening in Colorado, and it doesn't, the math is not completely there. Okay. I just want, I don't want two things coming out of the same mouth. Okay. I think we're about freedom, but in you Except. know she'll jump to the next breath and say we want economic growth and we want economic prosperity. I don't think you can have economic growth, economic prosperity, and a lot of legal marijuana. Okay, do we know that? Look at Colorado, and okay. now let's but, but, but let's what just happens talk if, about what happens if we let people make decisions. Do you know that if you are a habitual user of marijuana by federal law, you lose all access to your firearms? I'm strictly talking principles of freedom here. Well, I'm talking real life, and that's... Well, okay, but at some point, we, we got to push the boulder, you know, to, to say, well, too late, we can't do it. You know, just no way we can make it happen because it's just not going to work. We need to be able, if we believe that we want some freedoms in this. Now, yeah. I, again, I'm not an advocate for drug use. I don't think it's a good idea to do things that cause you to have a screwy mind. However, I'm I, talking about the economic development of it and and the the economic stability of South Dakota long term. Um, I have to take a drug test for my job. That has nothing to do with the law. It has to do with our insurance. Correct. So, if you've looked around lately. <laughs> Why would you legalize something that will further decrease the prospects of people who can work? <laughs> Why would you do that? That's the that's the point I'm trying to drive home is trucks don't drive themselves yet. They're working on it. They're working on it and they're going to fail miserably when it comes to this part of the world because when the snow blows, computers can't deal with that. Computers will not register a road there where there's a snowdrift and stop. <laughs> <laughs> that will not help. Just put those cattle guards and pushers on like they do on the trains. Just drive. Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> so trucks do not drive themselves. And a lot of great, I mean, people have made a great life out of a lot of basic jobs that don't require a college education that don't require a lot of anything except work. And most of those jobs will close down 
to your accessibility if you start using marijuana. And I think that's the point we should change and drive home. But won't that potentially work itself out? Well, not if the federal government keeps coming through and handing us money to not work. Okay, that's a different a different conversation. Well, but. no, it falls into this <laughs> because right now we have 2.8% unemployment, and that is of the people who are still wanting to be in the job market. That'll change at the end of June when that extra $300 a week or whatever it is, I don't even remember right now, goes away in South Dakota because we chose to end it. But in other states, they're not choosing to end it. So for those of us who live on the border and actually counted on, let's say, a few employees that come from beyond our eastern border, 11 miles from this location, those employees aren't necessarily going to be there because it might just pay more for them to stay home. So if we have legalized another reason to not bother taking a drug test because you really don't want to leave home and still have this extra federal money, I think that is a recipe for disaster. I saw the president asked that very question. Does this additional unemployment um, aid disincentivize people go back to work? Nope. Was the answer now so ask yourself right? that with common sense though well apply I mean, just a little bit of common sense but if but if that's the ideology that says no that's not the reason that people aren't or it's not hindering them what's the answer like that's not an argument then well he would say that's not an argument i say it's real i mean i i mean think about it your, your gut is telling you that if you pay people not to work, you're not going to help fill these jobs that are out there. So then you contend that if we then allow them, or don't disincentivize the uh, consumption of marijuana. Right. Then that's just going to perpetuate the problem. Right. But shouldn't people be allowed to make their own choices? In a totally free society where we're not paying for their mistakes, absolutely yes. But we're unfortunately living in the United States where we have the safety net, we have a welfare system, we have Medicare, Medicaid, I mean, and we have a taxpayer-funded system that, uh, you know, allows people the opportunity not to fail. So why would we also create another system that would cause potential widespread failure? Is it the responsibility of government, state or, or federal or local, to remove risk? I don't think it is, but unfortunately that's what people are voting for, and that is the danger in as we slide more towards what the squad would say is democratic socialism, which I don't agree with and I will fight tooth and nail. That Sliding in and letting the government take more control of your lives, if you want to see a good example of that, look to Venezuela. I don't want to end there. I, I really, you know, I, I like cats and dogs, but not for lunch. How do you know? 
Well, I don't want to find out. <laughs> if we end up living like Venezuela, oh, we'll find out. Because that's where it goes quickly. So, I mean, <clears throat> what is the biggest, we've, we've been a year and some change now into this pandemic response uh, nationwide, well, globally, really. Um, what is the biggest downfall that's come out of all of it in your mind i i don't see the downfall as much as i see the opportunity i think it's a wonderful educational opportunity to say we didn't like our 15-month trial of the beginning of socialism and we would like some freedom back well uh, that's the way i look at it yeah uh that's looked at differently in different parts of the country Mm -hmm. so aside from that view uh are, are, are there some lasting like problems now that we're going to have to deal with for a while well uh we're going to have some uh we're going to have to have some mindset changes from people there there are a large swath of the population that very willingly just stepped up and said uh whatever you say we'll just do it we didn't think for ourselves we 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 just Whatever Fauci says, we'll just do. And and if you wear two masks, good. If you wear three masks, better. Um, I I never understood that. And then try walking around without a mask, and uh, you know you looked at like I would imagine that in the biblical days they looked at lepers. I I, <laughs> I don't understand. Why people fell into this so quickly that it's just you know whatever it takes we'll we'll just follow along do what's right get along <laughs> hi do you think that that will continue will, will the American people uh, take it any longer some will. I, I would imagine uh, you're more conditioned if you uh, were were deeper in it. Um, you know, we're very fortunate to have had the the leadership we had, both from a legislative standpoint and from the governor here in South Dakota. We had the opportunity to live a fairly close to normal life, and it was up to the businesses you went to. Um, you know, if they had a sign on the door said mask required, well, you didn't have to open the door and walk in. I mean, that was the wonderful freedoms we got to enjoy, where if you were a few miles to the east, shall we say, um, the business was not given that opportunity to take the risk to allow you to uh, continue doing business the way you wanted. For those of you listening that aren't from, <laughs> don't know where we're talking, uh, this studio is in northeast South Dakota. And we're very close to we're Minnesota, close but to I, Minnesota. I'm tired of constantly throwing Minnesota <laughs> under the bus. So I'm speaking in a generality, generality, <laughs> more of a regional. Yes. 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 Uh, so, <laughs> um, uh, what are your thoughts on, uh, requirement to prove, uh, whether you or not you've had a vaccine to enter a 
business. Well, apparently all of the uh, hubbub about our HIPAA laws that came through a few years ago, um, that got thrown away. Well, HIPAA is uh, really only, it, it's insurance. It's regarding insurance. So, like, you and I can talk all day long yeah, about we can, someone's stuff. But it doesn't matter. There, there's, no, there's no HIPAA violation there. True, but you and I can. And there was. But, and see, I, I think HIPAA got got used as a as a, a bludgeon. Well, I I, a lot. I think oh, we should Oh, don't talk about HIPAA. HIPAA. I think we should strengthen the HIPAA laws to uh prevent uh people from being able to ask if you've had the uh, shot or not. So, uh, back I, to my question. Yes. Do you think that the, it is uh, appropriate uh and will happen in going into private business? Well, I I can tell already that there are some states requiring it. Um I think it's uh Hawaii. You can't get off the plane in Hawaii unless you have your vaccine card. Is that true? Uh, no. no. No vaccine yet. Right. Uh, testing. Absolutely. Right. But that's one of the things that's been discussed, and you have it right there in no, front of you. No, this is a different state. Oh. Um, you know, since we've talked last, uh, the, the radio world lost a legend. Yes. Now, like him or not, politically, there is no one. Better than Rush Limbaugh. No, never. And I don't think there will be. No, never. I don't. And so, in memory of him. Ah, and your formerly <laughs> formerly nicotine stained fingers. Formerly nicotine stained fingers. <laughs> so this is from the Oregon government, the mm-hmm. Oregon Health Authority, which I have family out there. I used to live out there, so I'm close uh, to the people there. So I've just as of May 18. Now the state has not mandated the people have to do something directly. What they did though, and and this is where I I, I want to talk to some legal at some point because I'm interested to know what the legality is of of mandating something that is not officially approved. It's only allowed for emergency use by the FDA. That's the thing that I'm a little bit. Um, concerned about legally because if i as a private business legally or, or force someone to prove that they have a, a, a an experimental medical treatment done in order to come to my business am i now liable if they have to do that to come to my business or to work for me is there a liability there that wasn't there before that's a question i want to know from some legal what that looks like because the, n- none of these are approved and they say that on the paperwork when you go get one. And I'm talking about the, uh, in England, they call it the jab. Um, that wouldn't be bad if that caught on here. <laughs> it's fascinating. So, in Oregon, um, <clears throat> they uh, this is applied to businesses. And I want your, your thoughts on this. In I mean, under our current admin, it's not going to happen in the state. That doesn't mean it couldn't happen. That's true. Um, and so I, I want your thoughts. As a current legislator, uh, what does this mean going forward? Uh, all businesses, employers, and faith institutions. I think that covers everyone outside of government. So so if you're an employer, done. If you're a faith institution, done. If you're a business, seems redundant at some yeah. level, but they covered their bases. Yes. <clears throat> um. Uh, they are required to 
continue to apply and enforce the mask and face covering and face shield guidance and physical distancing requirements in the state that they have set up already um, that I believe that they have extended through July, if not August. But I thought the CDC came through. No, I don't know. Maybe they've changed it. I know Tim Walls over in in the state, Minnesota, he flip-flopped really quick. Um, But I think he's up for election. And so, uh, no, he and uh, I believe he and our governor were out, were were inaugurated the same weekend. So I believe they have four years as well. So it'll be twenty twenty two. Oh, tw- yeah, oh, sorry, twenty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a recall attempt out there on walls. Yes. Ooh. And yeah, there is. Uh, well, I I have a lot of friends that live over there. And and I have uh, a lot of uh, political contacts who live over there. And actually, I'm working on a a border state problem (laughs) that we're working (laughs) on. What problem are we talking Uh, about? (laughs) uh, Whetstone River, where it uh, swings north into Big Stone Lake to be behind the dam. Uh, That was not the way the river originally ran. Mm. There's an old channel that people would like to see reestablished. And uh, the citizens for Big Stone Lake, along with uh, a lot of other people in the upper Minnesota watershed district, are all behind it. And the state of Minnesota has already invested some money. And uh, that's another reason why I don't want to always throw them under the bus. We do have to work together on Mm -hmm. a few things. And uh, I've been working with them to uh, try and see if we can get South Dakota involved and uh, get in line for some of the water projects that we fund every year through our omnibus water bill and a few things and for uh, water quality and for other reasons especially for the the long-term health of big stone lake we believe this would be a good thing and most of the science points in that direction and uh, i've been working to try and help get that done so that's one of the things i'm working on and and we can tell we can talk about a few of the other things later but you know, there there are uh, a lot of people involved with uh, not liking the uh, the current governor of Minnesota very well. And, uh, you know, he's he's got to live with some uh, political realities. But at the same time, uh, most of his uh, metropolitan areas, you deal with just the uh, seven-county metro and uh, Rochester and Duluth, um, that's typically enough to win a statewide race. Yeah. So anyway... So in Oregon, and I, I, there are other states similar to this. Uh, so all businesses, employers, which covers everything, they must continue to apply and enforce the existing guidance uh, unless a business, employer, or faith institution uh, has one of, or and, these are all ands, so these mm-hmm. three things, has a policy for checking for proof of vaccination status of individuals hmm. and requests proof of vaccination status from each individual and reviews each individual's proof of vaccination prior to entry or admission. Now, that is really close in my estimation to a required vaccine to you do know what any that commerce sounds like to me to do commerce what? papers please <laughs> you must present your papers so they have deputized the business environment now in south dakota as we have a sales tax 
the South Dakota government has decided that they, the tax collector for sales tax is the business owner. Yes. And we have no say in that. That's just how we, they, they decided that. We've had a very long Absolutely. conversation yep. about that. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. Uh, so th- that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a whole different thing when in order to be in business and allow people to come in under their circumstances that they choose, I now have to become a medical expert. Do you right? Is there a requirement in there that you have to wear a brown shirt while you do it? <laughs> is what I'd like to know. That's only in the UPS facility. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong. I did not throwing UPS under the bus. No, I was, not a sponsor either. It's so. an old World War II joke. Sorry. <laughs> um, if you don't study your history, kids, you're doomed to repeat it. Uh, a business employer or faith institution that has a policy for requesting and checking for proof. Uh, and requests and reviews it may permit fully, uh, they call it fully vaccinated individuals with proof of that um, jab, as the English say, mm-hmm. uh, to go in without a mask, face covering, face shield, and they don't need to be uh, any kind of distance from everyone. They can sit right behind you and breathe on you. Okay. So, uh, but if, if, if they don't have that, if people just choose, if they decline to provide such proof, then they are now, according to the government of Oregon, uh, required to force you to wear a mask or bar you from entry. Maybe we could, I don't know, let's think about this. You know, a little creative out, outward thinking. Ooh, maybe yes. is, is this maybe a, if we is put this a spitball session, a yellow star on everybody's shirt that hasn't had the vaccine yet. Maybe maybe that would be a good way. You know, QR codes are kind of a thing nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, this gets awfully close to requiring papers for movement. I'm I've Godwin this segment already at least three times. So. <laughs> <clears throat> so, do you think? Well, okay. In in your opinion. Is that appropriate for a business? Let's forget the, the the a government saying you must. Is it appropriate and acceptable for a business to choose that on their own? I wouldn't like that, but see, that does give you the opportunity to choose whether or not to do business with that business. But then, could I expand that to say you may not come in my store if you have a certain color of skin? Well, no, that'd be horrible. Well, well, and, and I mean, we all agree. <laughs> I that's hope you a caught my change in tone of voice <laughs> there, and and know that I was kidding, because this whole thing is horrible. the The entire prospect of the freedom of people to live their lives, like Rand Paul, Rand Paul, Senator got in a lot of trouble this week because he said, I'm a medical doctor. I've studied a lot of things. Well, if you read the haters, he's only an ophthalmologist, which means he's not really worth his salt. Whatever. He's... Well, I'm I'm just saying what what the other... I know. He is people that hate him say. He has a doctorate and it is medical. Okay. Okay. And I know enough about diseases to say i've had this disease i my body has built its own immunity i am not taking the vaccine 
And there were... Because he was one of the first in the Congress to get it, or like in March last year, I think. Yeah, he was out helping yeah. to treat people. <clears throat> yeah. And and working as a volunteer in a medical facility, I believe, or at least as a volunteer in, in somebody's tent somewhere, um, to, uh, you know, get people tested and, and allow them to know who has the disease and who doesn't so you can at least prevent the spread. And on a volunteer basis, that's not a problem for me. If you want to help prevent the spread... God bless you. Do what you need to do. But at the same time, I, I also, I've got issues with this. Forcing people to take the vac vaccination, forcing people to show proof of it, to go places. That is way more involved than I want the government in my life. Well, what, what part about it is disturbing the most? It, it, is, is it the forcing you to do something? Because I can't drive my car unless I have a certain sticker on the front of it. Right. Um, I can't, or I can't do it if I don't have a piece of plastic in my pocket that has the right dates on it. That's true. So, I mean, we're already limited on where, when we can go, how we can go. But the difference, it's different, I think, because it's actually telling you you have to have something inside your body. Yes. In order to do something. We're, we're losing the autonomy of our very person. Okay. I mean, if you want to drive, there are certain rules to the road and there are certain expectations. You need to know what the signs mean. You need to know what the speed limits are. You need to know the customs and traditions of operating a two to 40 ton missile that coexists with other people. And therefore we say you have to show us that you can operate this and have learned the rules of this to go out onto the roads that we've built with your money. Mm -hmm. And we have to uh, to pay for that, to continue to pay for a quality road. We, we make you put these license plates on and keep them up to date. It's to pay for the roads? Yeah. That's it? Pretty much. Why do we need two of them? I've been fighting that. Really? Like to make it stop? I was D just to in just Florida. Have one. I was just in Florida. They have one. Yeah, the back. Yeah. None on the front. Right. That would be great. Hello, whoever's listening. Well, I've well, been working on that. That's, uh, that's, chop, chop, then. That's something. Let's get something going. That That's something that uh, we helped. Like if you have a, a Corvette or a, a sports car and you want to do less than 7,500 miles a year is all we could get past in that particular legislative Who's, year. Who argued against that? Oh, there. I went to Pier this year with one goal. Well, I had what one license plate? No. <laughs> um, during the year of COVID, my son turned 14. Mm -hmm. And he went to get his driver's license. Well, they were closed for four months. Mm -hmm. And... There was there was a new law that kicked in July 1st, 2020, but the governor saw that law coming in and with COVID and everything, suspended imposition of it for a year. So it takes effect again June 30th of 2021. And that 
raises the limit to or the no, age or what, it, what does it, it do? It puts uh, from 180 days of driving with a parent and uh, before you can take the driver's test, it adds that to 275 days and adds a whole bunch of uh, our uh, requirements for uh, bad weather, um, for inclement weather is the wording, and a whole bunch of just busy work that I view as honestly just trying to make liars out of parents. Well, because who keeps track of this? Do you have to keep a log of every hour? Yes. Who came up with this? The insurance industry and a whole bunch of members of the South Dakota House of Representatives. I repealed their law in the Senate. I got it out. It squeaked out of committee because this mainly came through the Transportation Committee last year, and there's enough of the same members where it was tough. I got it out of committee, but I got it out of the the state Senate 27 to 6. 27 to 9, sorry. To repeal the whole thing. To repeal the whole thing and go back to a slightly modified version of your 14. You drive with a parent for 180 days, then you can go take your test. You drive by yourself, 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. And uh, if you go past 10 p.m., you'd better be coming home from work, church, school, or the farm. Um, other than that, you're not driving around all night and being stupid until you're 16. Then drive around all night and be stupid. Um <laughs> And what happened? uh, It hit the house. It died in committee. It uh, why? Because the people in that committee were still the same members that helped write the law the year before, and they uh, absolutely just hung on to whatever the insurance industry told them was right. I I did not understand it at all. We made a very very compelling case. And the Department of Public Safety helped me write the bill to repeal it and actually help testify on my behalf. They're the people who introduce or, or, or issue the driver's licenses. Mm-hmm. Because when that law started coming into effect, they got more complaints than they could imagine. I bet. And it's coming July 1. Coming. July 1 to a DMV near you. A horrible new law. Are they open yet? Or is it still everything appointment only? I think they're open. I haven't heard one way or another, but, uh, you know, Hmm. every other South Dakota office is pretty well open for whatever you need to do. So now they're going to give a logbook out. That parents have to maintain. In if order you to look get at their uh, website, they do have a, a suggested sheet that you can download and print and keep in the car. Okay. Uh, yeah, he drove uh, eight minutes and it was really windy, so we're going to count that as inclement weather today. <clears throat> so let's go back to the plate thing. Um, I know it's a, it's a global problem. Whatever. Is it just a dollar thing? It can't be only for money. Primarily. Or is it for uh, identification? I mean, obviously the uh, law enforcement establishment within South Dakota very much enjoys being able to just run a six-digit number rather than pulling you over and getting your VIN to see if you should be where you are. 
Well, that show us your papers. No, <laughs> I mean, that it's, it's almost that, isn't it? You you could make that distinction, but I believe I just did. You you did make that distinction, but I believe that law enforcement is really good at not overreaching with that. I believe that they are very responsible with that. In my experience with law enforcement around here, they are very responsible in not overreaching with that. Okay, let's think uh, outside. I mean, just kind of let's float up to the ceiling and eyeball a bigger picture here. Mm -hmm. Why in a, we'll call it a free society, wink, wink, um, do we need, the only way that we can get from A to B reasonably quickly and efficiently, we have to be tra trackable and identifiable without contact. What, uh, w why is that the case? Like, could we say no plates? That would never oh, pass. Oh, well, I know, because we're so far down the road. There's too many industries that are that revolve around it. True. Just like I really don't believe that we're ever going to see a cure for cancer. I disagree there. Well, the industries are massive around treatment. If if, if there was a way that that, and, and this goes way down a deep, I believe, bigger rabbit hole that see, we're not going to dig into. I but. used to be going down that hole. I, I used to believe that a lot of the uh, the people that are, are doing all of the uh, cancer treatments just love the money, and that's the only reason they do it. And but Oh, I, I don't think for a second that the people that are dealing with the patients think it's awesome. No, 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 no. I, I, that's I, hell. What I'm saying is what you were seeing is, is the, the big people behind the curtains are like, we're not going to release the cure for cancer because we have all this money to be made on treatments. I, I don't see that. I used to think it was there. I don't see it because I believe there would be so much more money made with a cure. But I think cancer is just like... No, 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 no. Not if it's a natural product. How do you make money on that? What natural product? I don't know. Are you going to say asparagus or something? Hey, okay, or? years ago... Well, let's dig into the creepy for a second. I, <laughs> when I lived in Oregon, I used to teach motorcycle safety and for the state. Okay. And so we... Uh, so you were a purveyor kinds. of the licenses. No, it was just required to get your, your endorsement to go through our class. So, sure. No, it means I got to get paid to ride my motorcycle all over the state of Oregon. Okay. And that was fun. Okay. Um, and they paid well and had a blast. Anyway, got to hang out outside and, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, met an old guy who, uh, one of many crazy, uh, one guy uh, claimed, he was a deep sea uh, underwater welder, and he made the claim that the Russians have successfully implanted gills in humans uh, so they could go down and weld. <laughs> so, crazy, I'm not <laughs> but fun to talk to people like that because they're yeah. weird. Um, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I just lost some. No, we're back. Sorry. Okay. Um, throwing my pen around. Uh, there, there was an old, someone, crazy guy. I'll just say it. Crazy guy. I can't imagine he would still be alive because it was years and years ago and he was old back then. 
Uh, unless he was right. Because if he was right, then he's cured of all the disease. Okay. <laughs> he claimed that frequency, that he had a frequency machine that he could put on you. There and was a lot of stories yeah. about oh, yeah. that, especially uh, on some of the pages <laughs> of the dark web. Because just, but this is before scrubbed. the dark web, They've John. been scrubbed off the modern internet. You can only find them on the dark it's web. It's in the Wayback Machine. Yes. It still exists. Yes. But there there actually was a doctor who claimed that he could destroy any tumor if he found the frequency of the tumor. Yeah. Yeah, this was that same kind of stuff. Yeah. And it, it basically that's how modern radiology was born, was some of his early experiments. And... Uh, I believe from some of the things that I read that Rabbit he, trail. he may have embellished some no. of his results slightly. No. And uh, I I think that some people just came in and, and uh, uh, took the law into their own hands. But um, to, to take a step back, I would say that there would be so much money in a cure, whether it be natural or whatever. And, and just like anything else natural, I mean, who is the number one, to, to just dip back into the marijuana for a little bit, who is the number one seller of marijuana cigarettes? Philip Morris. Yes. Okay, so. <laughs> oh, wait, whoever, they're the tobacco company. Yeah, whoever comes, it's it's actually uh, altruist or something now, ah, but yes, you know what I mean? Yes, of course, yeah. Um, but anyway. They also make vape products. Yes. The whole idea that a cure for cancer could not be immediately marketized and made incredibly profitable for anybody who gets their hands on it um, is asinine. In, in a free uh, capitalist-type society. Yeah, if you believe it's free. Sure. Well, absolutely. The the free market will save us. If it, Okay. The free market is still free enough to save us. <clears throat> so far. I was going somewhere else in my head. I know. I just but anyway, the, the whole medical and... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So plates, let's dump them. I don't think we'll get there. No, I mean, I, I'm just I talking about the political reality, but we're inching our way towards a uh, uh, single plate. If you own, say, a Corvette right now. Oh, yes. I'm in. Uh, you just got to sign an affidavit that you drive it less than 7,500 miles mm -hmm. a year. Mm -hmm. uh, then you can do a single <laughs> plate, and you get a special single plate. Right. And they're ugly as sin, I think, probably on purpose. You think but so? Whatever. See, that's dumb. Make I don't them like awesome. It. Make people want to put them on. Yes. I'm all for a single plate. I have no problem with that. I support law enforcement 100%, but I'm all for a single plate. Let's do it. Let. I'm not doing it. You do it. Make that happen. I will um, <clears throat> advance that idea, and, and I'm not going to make any guarantees. If I can't get a bill through that says you Terrible can't have to you can't keep a log with your children learning to drive, then I can't make any guarantees that I can get that done. And yes, I am a terrible politician. Clearly. <laughs> I mean, would a real politician be answering the questions the way I am? Uh, well, I, very few politicians will come talk to me because <laughs> I don't really care. Uh, no, I, I actually want everyone to come in because... I think a real long-form conversation is how you actually find in, it's stuff out, and you can work through problems. It's called 
free speech for crying out loud. Right. So you can talk through problems. Uh, and maybe it's uncomfortable. Maybe you say things that you don't actually mean, but you're still working through it, and so you have time to actually hash it out in conversation. Yes. Without and making someone What, what go I love about this the- is um, I can have this conversation with you, but even though it goes out on the Internet, somebody could probably just grab a snippet of me yep. making a Nazi joke about uh, people uh, having to wear brown shirts if they're going to institute the mandatory vaccines, and then uh, they'll they'll turn it around and come out with some hit piece that, uh, I I think you're a Nazi if you got the vaccine. Well, that is not the case. If you're more comfortable case. with the vaccine, take it. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. Go get it. Go get both of them. And uh, I hope you never have to show your card in public. That's my honest opinion on it. All right. Well, the Oregon crap we can throw away then. Perfect. Yeah. There there <laughs> there's your final answer on it. I like. If it. you want it, get it. If you don't, don't. And. I hope you never have to show your card to get anywhere. So, uh, sorry, going back to that just a little bit with businesses being able to uh, require things for entry. Now, clearly, you know, no shoes, no shirt, no service. That's kind of been the staple since I was, mm-hmm. before I was around, I think. And did that come out of the hippie movement? That's a great question that I don't have the answer to. I don't to. either. I have to look that up because that's fascinating. I, I, when did it start that I all would, of a sudden I it would, needed to be said? No, you have to have shoes on. To come I in. would <laughs> guess it was pre hippie and and more uh, think hillbilly. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking. You think so? I'm I would guess it to be closer to uh, the uh, Great Depression than I would the uh, hippie thing. Mm. Now I went to. I bet you it got enforced a lot more around the hippie thing. <laughs> That's possible. But yeah, the the idea that you have to have some sort of medical treatment in order to get inside a border is not new. No, I went to uh, Uganda in two thousand three, uh, and to do that, I had to have the yellow fever shot, and I, as a you know, ignorant, willing slave, walked in there and said, "Give me the shot," mm-hmm. and I had a yellow little card. I still have. That says I had it back 20 years ago or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Not quite. I can do math. It's like 25 years ago. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and so that's not necessarily new. This is, the new part is it's potentially coming for entry anywhere, any building. Yeah, that's. And, and I think that that's the part that's scary because if that's the, if that's the first step, that it's allowed, you can now have, you're in once, you know, this one thing is fine. Then what else is there? You can't come in with a jackrabbit's hat on. Almost kicked you out, but I didn't. I know. <laughs> because it's, you, you can wear whatever you want. That's right. We'll allow it. <laughs> as warm as it is in here right now, I think I'm wearing too much, but <laughs> well, nobody wants to see on, that either. Johnny. Nobody wants That's to right. see that either. Um... What are you doing for fun nowadays? Um, I've been trying to make my lawn grow. That's been a me challenge. Me too. This I have year. dandelions that really irritate me. Um, a lot of them. I got some really great spray at Runnings, and I mixed it wrong last year. So we should turn this. Stop recording. No, real quick. <laughs> I. I. Oh wait, I, what? I tried it. You a killed little your bit grass and, instead. And it, it killed everything, and then I read it wrong and and realized that. I read it again and realized that I'd read it wrong the first time. <laughs> but uh, what came back this spring now is completely dandelion-free. Oh. 
It's like burning the place down. Yeah, Good job. I, it was. Yeah, I, I huh. overdid it. But um, I'm trying to get some grass to grow in some horribly uh, uh, thin areas of my lawn that the grass has never grown in. I've lived in this house for 11 years now. And there have been places where the grass just doesn't grow well. So I'm, I'm, I've been reading, actually, my 15-year-old my now son is uh, very into helping me figure this out. So he has dedicated a significant amount of time into learning different breeds of grass so that we can figure out what might dig in and grow. Hmm. I'm going to be hauling in a little bit more dirt to fill some of the lower areas, and i got to figure out if we need a retaining wall or what we got to do. So I've got some. I'm going to be doing some landscaping and some painting. It's going to be my fun. Yes. <clears throat> I still get to announce a, a tractor pull coming Ooh, up. And, when's uh, that? Um, I can't remember. It, it's far enough away to where it's not in my immediate uh-huh. wheelhouse. Speaking of announcing, yes. uh, a couple episodes ago, yes. I had Corey Keith on the show. Corey he's Keith. A, he's a young PRCA uh, rodeo announcer. Oh, cool. From uh, Missouri. He lives uh, just on the west side of the state now. Okay. Almost in Wyoming, I think. Okay. Um, it was cool. So we're going to go back and listen to that. It's kind of fun. Chat with him. He's a y- young that. kid who loves rodeo. That so, That's speaking great. Speaking of the announcer world. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, I love announcing uh, tractor pulls. Uh, hopefully, if we can have uh, the Twin Brooks Threshing Show this year. Ooh. Um, what do you do there? Announce the tractor pull. Oh, that's okay. Antique tractor pulls are fun. But you announced the because <laughs> announced what, the flea what market. you get to do there. And now on table nine. No, no. <laughs> what what you get to do when you have an antique tractor pull is you get to just give a little friendly ribbing to the John Deere guys <laughs> and to the international guys and the yes. Alice Chalmers guys yeah. and and basically you you can get past. I love the old stereotypical humor that is now so politically incorrect. Oh, I was going to say, give us an example, but we probably can't. No. (laughs) If you want to to hear that, folks. If you want to hear it, go to a tractor pull. Because instead of, uh, you know, a a race or a sex or or an origin, I mean, when's the last time you heard a Polish joke? You can't do that stuff anymore. And, I mean, I'm talking the old Henny Youngman type of humor back in that day. But you you can pick oh, on Henny a guy Youngman. wearing a John Deere shirt all day, or you can pick on a guy wearing an international set of uh, of uh, uh, bib overalls or whatever you want to do. And Yellow it's bunny rabbit friendly. on your hat. Yeah, fine. Pick on me. It's great. <laughs> I love it. Let's have some fun. Let's stop taking ourselves so serious for a while. And let's step back and let's just have a laugh and a smile and a get-together and have a little bit of fun. That's all we can do is in these get-togethers. And hopefully in, in 2021 here, um, we, we've all figured out our own way to move past the pandemic and, and we'll be able to get to, well, get together. Let's just leave it at that. Whether it's oh, a threshing have, you, you show or, or whatever, you know, get um, together somehow. Concerts. Who wants to hear some live music again? Well, uh, uh, you cook? Do I cook? Mm-hmm. Not well. Nothing? Yeah. I operate a grill like a standard American male. <laughs> what? 
why is that stereotypically the male's job? It's so interesting that it tends to be. Why is that? Ah, uh, fire. Is it fire? Oh. Fire. <laughs> So we're just Neanderthals, is that the idea? Uh, that that's the impression I think people want to give with it. But mm. I, I I enjoy uh, grilling. I'm not big into barbecuing. I don't mind grilling. Okay, you break the difference down to me. Barbecuing involves rubs and time and a significant investment in all of the above. Me, I light the grill and heat the baby I don't up even care that it. it's propane. Oh. I I turn the knob and press the button. And it goes and uh, let it warm up, clean it, throw the burgers on it, and then uh, some hot dogs, and uh, maybe, you know, the old uh, tin foil full of uh, butter and uh, potatoes and, and onions and such. And you let everything uh, cook, and you, you, you flip, and you do your things, and then you take them off, and then you let the grill run for a little bit, and then you go shut it off, and you're done. And that's the extent of my grilling. Now, there are some great people who are into the barbecuing with smoking times and uh, wood pellets here and, and uh, corn pellets here. And uh, you got to do the rub and then you soak and then you rub. And uh, I don't have time for that. If, if I'm going to soak, I'll get a hot tub and just soak myself. I'm, I'm not And then go that. jump on the grill? No, I'm, I'm just not. I, I guess I'm just too much of a basic eater to worry about the amount of smoke in the meat that I consume. <laughs> um, How about you? You got anything fun coming up this summer? No. You live your fun every day, though. Oh, that's right. Tell me about it. Yeah. I actually, this uh, this last year in this, this interview show has been a blast, and it, it's stacking up to be better. I've got some interviews coming up this summer that... Uh, some will be quite controversial um, just because of the people, but I'm. it's going to be a blast. Cool. To, uh, and, and then some amazing artists. Uh, got a lady from San Diego, uh, June 7. We've got a scheduled interview. Um, she's, a, uh, I think, an author now. Uh, she has a pod, couple podcasts. She runs a blog. She's a pastor's wife. Um, she's a health coach. She's all kinds of stuff. Um, It'll be fun because they were a big part of uh, trying to keep California um, sane during this COVID pandemic wow. response. So that'll be a fun. That's a tall order. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. And she's a, she's a bold, bold woman, so it'll be fantastic. Cool. Uh, and then uh, I've got, like I mentioned before the show here, um, we're working to schedule uh, Jackson Robinson of the King's Wild Project, uh, if anyone's interested. Uh, he is one of the premier playing card designers in the country, which I had no idea that was a thing. Did you know you can subscribe to playing cards monthly? Welcome to capitalism. <laughs> right. It's not dead yet. Absolutely. <laughs> so that, and man, it's it's insane. So King's Wild Project. He's coming up in the next week or two. Uh, hopefully later this week. Uh, okay. Since this is uh, middle oh twenty fifth of May by now. My goodness. Uh, there is one thing really cool yes. I'm going to be involved with. Um, Tractor pull. We did, um, <laughs> for the first time ever, we were one of... You say we. As a state. Oh, okay. You did this too. I just did it representing you. Mm. Uh, well. For the first time ever, we have a state-owned and operated veterans cemetery. 
Okay. And that will be dedicated on Memorial Day. Oh. Is it in so. Pier? No, it's it? it's it's in Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. Um they're So is it empty? Right now it's needing is. filled? Well, we don't want it filled. Oh. I mean obviously it's not like it's an acquired yeah. existing facility. You know, okay. It it's uh I don't mean to be morbid. I wasn't trying to be. I know, but um we were one of I think five states that did not op- operate a uh, state veterans cemetery. So was it was uh, there reasoning behind that? Was there just uh, no no need for it? Well, there's there's always a need. Right now, we were blessed to have a very large, very famous national cemetery mm. out at Sturgis. Mm. But for years there have been Veterans from this part of the state and from around Sioux Falls that said, we, we really don't want to have to drive to Sturgis every Memorial Day to decorate our family grave. And um, we very much would like to have something in the eastern part of the state. Mm-hmm. And you work with the federal government because as a veteran, you, there's national benefits to be brought into the picture. And there's a national responsibility for the veterans of our country to uh, have a very good place to rest. And uh, South Dakota has entered into that, and uh, we'll dedicate our uh, state veterans cemetery on Memorial Day. Cool. And you'll be down there. I hope to be. No? Yes? You're you're announcing that show? (laughs) Well, I I hope to be. Um, Yeah. I mean... If there's one thing I've I've taught my children, even though I was not uh, able to serve in the the armed services of our country, I do believe that those who do reserve uh, uh, should be treated with the proper respect. Mm. And I try to make sure that that comes through every year. Our 4-H club, uh, make sure that the flags get on the uh, cemeteries here in Millbank and uh, my boys um, work with the uh, American Legion and Big Stone to make sure both cemeteries are decorated there. And uh, it, it's something that uh, my sons take pride in, and I take pride that my sons take pride in that. So it's, it's a big thing we do every year. So Memorial Day weekend is a busy one for us for other reasons than most. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, before we wrap this show... What's blue and smells like red paint? I'm sure it's got something to do with a jackrabbit joke or something. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. It should have. Yeah. Oh, man, I failed on that one. Well, That's horrible. I just figured with this blue hat on. Yeah, that, been, it would have made sense. It would have been a good way to end it. No, the answer? Blue paint. Ah, there you go. This is the interview. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, John. I appreciate you coming down. Well, always. Thank you. Always. I mean, since you are the most uh, the most frequent guest we've had so far. And I'm proud to be, and I can't wait for number five. Oh, well, you better you better get those plates figured out. <laughs> well, there's there's a lot of other things we did. I wish we could have talked about too, but that's fine. Oh yeah. There's well, always uh, more time. There's always yeah. more time. Absolutely. WhyMillBank.com is our website. WhyMillBank at gmail.com is the email address. If you have any questions or comments or want to uh, just say hi, uh, you can go there. If you want to help support the show, 
there's a donate button. If you go to whymailblink.com, click on the podcast button, and there's a donate button there. And uh, all the help we can get uh, will be great. We do have a couple other shows that come out of the studio. Uh, the, the biggest one right now is called Class Racing Today. Uh, it is a uh, stock and super stock drag racing show hosted by Bobby Fazio and Brian Anderson. Um, and they, uh, they're they going gangbusters. It's reaching, oh, geez, fifteen to 20,000 people a week right now. Uh, it's kind of wild. And who knew that the uh, stock and super stock race world was I'll what it you. is? Racing in northeastern South Dakota is awesome. And the fans are incredible. And there's a huge number of them. It's crazy, yeah. So, anyway, check it out, whymailblink.com. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, all you those that uh, watch uh, and commented. Thank you, Bill, for your comment on the uh, the face bag. F- Facebook, sorry. Um, we love Facebook. Absolutely. Because we know you're listening. <laughs> yes. The algos. The algorithm is out there. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much for coming in, John. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. Thanks Tell your for friends. And uh, give us a like and a share or whatever. Thanks so much. See you later.